This is a Showbile podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of Bucks on Knucks. Ty Demera here, and thanks for tuning in. And on today's episode, we've got our golf insider, Matt Shalaw, joining the show. And we're also going to discuss our thoughts on the Colorado Avalanche being your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Also on today's show, sticking to hockey here, we've got uh, some legends going to the Hockey Hall of Fame that we've got to mention. And also we've got some UFC picks for UFC 276 too, which is coming up this Saturday and we're stoked about it. But uh, before we get into everything there, we got to check in with the lads. How are we doing, boys? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's going to be a fucking big weekend for your boy. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm the best man at my brother's wedding that's coming up in August. And this weekend, I, I it's not like I just did it this weekend, but I've been planning a bachelor party for him for months on end. And it goes off starting tomorrow. We check into the Airbnb at 4 o'clock. And from there, I don't think I'm going to remember a goddamn thing. We're headed to Niagara Falls. It's going <laughs> to be an absolute time. There's 16 of us, including myself. It's going to be a time, dude. Like We got a lot of good shit planned. I'm, a, I'm fired up. It's Canada Day tomorrow. Content never sleeps. Think about this. We're recording this pod today. Stewie J going to be going to damn work on Canada Day to release a podcast. Speaking of Stewie J, how are you, brother? I know you're not sleeping because you got to do some content. <laughs> I'm not too bad, lads. Um, yeah, big weekend for DK, big weekend for sports. Um, obviously, huge week, um, huge Sunday for the Colorado Avalanche. I'll say that. Huge week in the, in, in the CHL. And what I'm most excited for coming up, is I know DK is going to be a town. He's out of the fucking the wastelands of Windsor, Ontario, in the southern peninsula <laughs> there, and he's back up in town, Lake Ontario. Might have to hit some beers. That's what I'm most excited about: midweek beers. Oh, hundred percent. Might have to. 100%. I think you, I think that's a, a must do right there. <laughs> All oh, right, yeah. so that'll be the first time meeting in person. That'll be the first time I meet DK in person. And that's then- wild, eh? Like fucking twelve episodes in, and. Uh- the way we're doing it over the uh, the internet like this on these Zoom meetings or whatever it's called uh, there. You feel like uh, a group. Well, you haven't even met DK in person yet, eh? Like, uh, yeah, I used to play you haven't for 10 DK years, for, buddy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't played hockey You're with DK up. in like 10 years. And, Ty's uh, got to we... make his way from the shores of Elliott Lake in the uranium mines there and make his way back <laughs> down to Oshawa. Hey, in August, I'm coming in. down, so I don't know. I think uh, we'll maybe have to figure something out to slam some beers together one of these days for sure. Maybe. 100%, uh, 100%. We'll sort it out when that gets a little closer. Yeah, yeah, UFC or a fucking Jays game or a hockey game, whatever fuck the fuck yeah. it is. We'll sort October. it out. We'll go in the playoffs. Yeah, fuck, that'd be electric. Do you guys want to jump right into our topics here or what? Hey, topic. I want to jump into our uh, guest appearance. It was a great interview. It was a great interview. We've got uh, something new and exciting for the show today. We've got our golf insider joining us for the first ever Bucks on Knox interview and DK, you've got the stats, so why don't we have you do the honors of introducing our guest? Welcome to the first exclusive Bucks on Nux interview. We are fired up to have the man that we have on today. This man was a former Division I golfer. In 2015, he committed to Moorhead University to go play golf, and how can you blame him with a name like that? He then went on to play for the NIU Huskies in the 16 and 17 season. He's had plenty of great finishes, finishing top 25 at the Tiger Invitational in the 16-17 season. He was the MAC Golfer of the Week in the 17 and 18 season, and he wasn't done there. 
he finished on the All-Mac academic team in the 2017 and 2018 season. Like I said, this man's had a lot of great finishes in his career. He finished top three in the duel of the DA tourney in 2018, 2019. And when he's not throwing darts on the course, this man is a genius. He created a software called Caddy Link in 2019. Welcome to Bucks on Nux, our golf insider, Matt Shalott. How are you, Matt? Good, boys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Thanks for coming on. This is our pleasure all day. You, uh, you guys didn't mention that I'm washed up. <laughs> I, well, you know what? We'll, <laughs> we may end up getting to that because there is a question that I have in here that's specifically about possibly either being washed up or possibly dusting off the clubs ever since the news has come out. What we're going to be talking about here in this interview is, of course, maybe one of the most polarizing topics in sports to date, which is the PGA Tour versus the Live Golf Tour. What better way to do it than have a guy who's been bleeding the game since 2015 talking about this to the boys? So I'm going to start you off with our first question, which is which name surprised you the most that has joined this Live Golf Tour? Was it DJ? Was it Brooksy? Was it Bryson? Who is the name that has really surprised you the most that has jumped ship so far? Yeah, I'd say the, the name that surprises me the most would be Brooksy. Um, it wasn't more than a week ago where he was committed to the PGA Tour. I mean, he's probably still committed as I just listened to his last interview, but he, was, he wasn't he was jumping ship is, is what he was saying at the U.S. Open when they were uh, interviewing him. He, he wanted nothing to do with the Live Tour, no questions. And uh, next thing you know, he's hopping over. He's there. Um, go figure, though. His brother's over there, so why not go play with your family? But, uh, but yeah, that'd be the one guy that, that surprised me the most. Um, out of all the guys, but hey, there's going to be some more names that are coming out pretty soon. I'm sure that we're going to surprise all the boys. Oh, I, I can I can only imagine. I think Stewie J's got a couple in a row because I may I may or may not have first interview. Like I said, we're all getting the jitters and the bugs out. We planned it for about 25 minutes before that he was going to have the first question. I butchered it right off the hop. I took <laughs> stole the first it. One. Yeah, so Stewie J is going to have the next two questions here. <laughs> Stewie, take it away. Stole it all good. Uh, before you know, I just want to ask real quick. Um. You mentioned Brooks's brother. I think you do. You have a connection with them. I think you mentioned it, DK. If you want to elaborate on that, yeah, I did. Yeah, so Chase Chase Kepka, I reached out to him. I want to say this was two years ago when the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, they had a our the course that I'm familiar with hosted an event, and Chase was trying to Monday qualify for that. So I DM'd him on uh, on Instagram. Said, "Hey, I would love to loop you if if you need a guy." And and luckily enough, his. Uh, his looper couldn't make it that week. So hopped on the bag and uh, kind of hit it off. Yeah, it was, it was good. He, he played well. I think he was either four or five under, but I think he needed around six deep to get into the event. So, I mean, that's that's kind of something where it shows how hard it is to make it, right? Now he's made it. He's on the live. Um, so I, I don't blame Chase's decision at all. But, yeah, Chase is a great guy, great player. Um, I've always said he has the game to make it. And, and it's awesome to see what he's doing on the live now. Are, are you a fan of the live tour? Can I wanted you to, the first question I was going to ask, obviously, is that, uh, I'm not as much of a golf guy as DK and obviously yourself. So I want you to explain the live tour. Like I'm five, I'm <laughs> learning here too, as we go. So course, <laughs> explain yeah. it and then explain your thoughts. For sure. Um, if I put myself in the player's shoes, massive fan, um, you think of the PGA Tour, there's really no off-season anymore. 
They're, they're going week after week. If they don't play a week, they're losing out on points. Um, their bodies are drained. They're mentally drained because it's their livelihood. They're not seeing their families as much as they would all like to. And then you look over at the Live Tour. These guys are making more money. I think right now there's only eight events a year where, hey, they got time to, to relax, practice on their game, spend time with their families, and, uh, and compete and make more money than they would on the PGA Tour. So in, in my head for the players, um, the benefits are insane. And it's pretty cool what uh, what they're doing over there. I'm pretty sure they're having concerts every uh, every after every round. I'm pretty sure they have concerts, and they're also doing a new thing with with team events where um, PJ Tour no such thing as team events unless you're in the Presidents Cup or Ryder Cup at the end of the year. And as a golfer, that's one of the most exciting weeks of the year, right? Um, everyone gets fired up to watch that. But so now with the Live Tour, they're trying to make that exciting every week that they have to play. So uh, it's pretty cool what they're doing over there. Um, I think it's going to change the game, of course, uh, but we'll see. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I, if I was a player, I would be fired up and I'd be waiting by the phone for some guaranteed money that they're going to get on the live tour, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a big change. It's a big change. So now that we went over the name that surprised you the most, who's one of the names from the PGA Tour that you think is going to actually make this jump soon? Soon. So I, I got a list that, that kind of came out. Um, if you boys want to hear some of the names on the list, but the one name that uh, that I think is going to be coming shortly was it was Matt Wolf. Well, he committed not too long ago, um, but the next name is Victor Hovland. I Ooh. think he's, he's popping over. He's on the list. Every name on this list, they're not wrong yet. And I think it's a matter of time until, uh, until Hovland pops over. But uh, there was a list that came out from Zach Blair. There was a big, there's a big text thread. So Zach Blair, if you guys don't know, he pretty certain, not sure if he's on the tour anymore, but he was. So he's connected with all those guys, and there was just a long list of names there. So Hovland was on there, and that's that's going to be the name I think that's going to come next. And I want to say he's top. He's at least top ten in the world, right? Oh yeah, he's yeah he's a top. That's a big name that would be a big fish to land right like that's almost up there i know kepka is the big name and dj is the big name but in terms of skill and world rank victor hovland might be the biggest name to, to jump ship right exactly exactly you hear all these guys like their dreams to play on the pga tour um so a lot of these guys coming up they don't want to hop over yet because their dreams to play on the tour well victor's been playing on the tour i want to say a year and a half to two years now yep. he's one out there he's comfortable he's had his fun hey why not go relax a little bit right um, go yeah. make more money and see how she goes. Wow. And he'd be getting that bag too. Like he would be, he would, oh. they would be paying him to come over. Cause he, like you said, he'd be the first top 10 golfer that they got in like so far. Like they've gotten, like I said, a lot of quality names and they've thrown a lot of monies around. You heard what they offered tiger, the 750 million. I don't know if that's true, but if it's true, that's crazy how much money these guys have to throw around. Well, it's insane too. You think about, uh, you think about career earnings. So Tiger Woods, he's the GOAT, right? I don't care what anyone says, he's the GOAT. Absolutely. Um, career earnings, I want to say he was $121 million. I think I saw a stat where he he made career earnings $121 mil, And I want to say DJ signed for $125 mil just to go over there. It's like, you look at all that work Tiger did, and DJ just had to sign a piece of paper. Yeah. Ka-ching, right? Like... That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. When you think of the GOAT who's won 
more tournaments than anybody on tour. One guy went over for one event, and you know he got e-transferred a good chunk of that 125 as soon as that first tee shot landed in the fairway at the live tour. Exactly, exactly. Maybe Venmo, maybe Venmo. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Go ahead, Stewie. All right, I, I was going to ask. Um, so we want to know, like, what the live tour can do or sorry, what the PGA can do to compete with the live tour now that everyone's kind of jumping ship. And I think DK has like a couple, couple ideas that came to his mind. He wants to know, you either tell him dumb or smart, good idea, bad idea. Okay. DK is going to take it away. All right. Like I said, yeah, it's, this is just a straight, if you want to give a little, uh, uh, reasoning to your choice, but yeah, either you say this is a dumb idea or a good idea. 25 K to the longest drive of the tourney. Great idea. <laughs> love we, to hear it. we love to see bombs, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you're if you're out of it, if you're out of it on the on the second day, and you're going to 17, and you're like, you know what, I can pull out a 400 yard bomb here. I'm just gonna hit as hard as I can. Like that brings an element of like, think about Bryson hitting it over at Riviera and how crazy the crowd was going, right? Like it's that's exact longest drive, 25k. Love that you like that one too. This one. I'll let you pick it. 25K to either the most feet or the least amount of feet of putts made. I don't know which one's more impressive, right? Least amount, you're just throwing darts all weekend. Longest, you're just hitting bombs. I don't know which one. 25K to which one? Yeah, I would say um, I would say 25K to the most feet made. That, that being said, that mainly because the player with the most feet putts made normally wins that week. So okay. it's like, now they're cherry on top. Treat the guy that uh, that just performed. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I wasn't sure about that one either. Like I said, I don't know if the least amount of feet just means you're throwing darts in there all day or the most amount of feet just means you're just hitting bombs. I like either one of them. I, mean, <laughs> like, either I, like, I like both because the guy that makes the least amount of putts, he's probably struggling out there, right? So like, True. go treat him a little bit too because that's what those do. Yeah, exactly. So the next one, 50K for the most birdies of the tourney. Love it. 100K for every hole in one. Yeah, right? They should. They should definitely do something like that. I like that. I mean, I know sometimes they have, um, like, they get a car or the odd event, but I'm pretty sure, hey, that car's car's yours for a year. Congratulations, right? Um, Yeah. So 100K would be dope. Because, like, even even on tour, how many hole in ones are there in a year? Like, less than less than fifteen, less than twenty. Like, you they're giving they're not giving all that much. Yeah, I would say you're, you're probably spot on around there. I'm, I should be a little better on the stats on with that kind of stuff, but I would say around fifteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. You got to give out one point five million in hole in ones. Who cares? You're the PGA Tour. You've been making money forever. Like, I feel like you got to compete somehow. And the last one. This is a controversial topic for the PGA. The PGA covers the cost of the caddy and the player to travel there, to stay there, hotel fees, little bit of a per diem, like for food, whatever. You got to make, you got to pay for them to get there if you want them to play in your tournament. I, yeah, I, uh, I think that's a great idea, especially for the caddy. Now, the one thing on the live tour, what they're doing is they're paying for the caddy. So the caddies, all their expenses are paid for. I mean, that's absolutely massive because if you're a player on the PGA Tour, you're spending money to get there, right? You're staying there. Well, you have two crappy days out there. You miss the cut. Well, you make no money, right? You're paying to eat, stay, and then you're paying for your caddy. So caddies are 
I want to say minimum a thousand bucks for the week should probably more. Um, so their PGA tour players are losing money. Now we always pay attention to the guys that are playing well, making the cuts. There's guys out there that are just grinding. Um, don't have any money. Like they're on the PGA tour, but they're fighting for, for paychecks for their family. Um, and then they're still having to give it out to their caddy, even if they don't perform. So I would definitely say that that's the, one of the biggest things that the players um, or that the PGA tour could do is, is support the players and pay for their caddy's expenses. A hundred percent. Cause you see these documentaries that always come out on, whether it's through the PGA uh, like YouTube channel or on the golf channel of people that legitimately have to grind and sleep in their cars just to qualify to get to the PGA. And then you get to the PGA. And like you say, if you're grinding and you go through a bad month, you're out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars just for traveling and, and hotel. How are you not like you've already grinded to get there. It's not, it's, it's like in the NHL. Imagine if you played in the minor leagues, making nothing, sleeping in buses, and then you got to the show and you still had to sleep on the bus. Like you just, you can't, you can't get a hotel. You can't get anything. It's the only pro sport in which you don't get paid to show up and play. Exactly. You look at, I mean, like you just said, NHL players, NBA players, MLB they all have contracts. They're all getting guaranteed money. Um, PGA Tour, you work your entire life off to make it, and you might not make a cent out there if you don't perform for two days, right? So it's it's something that it's like, that's why these players are going over there. It's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed stability. Um, who doesn't want guaranteed stability these days? What are the contracts like in place? Like, uh do they have to go play like a certain amount of t- tournaments? Do they have to, is it like a yearly thing or is it just to show up? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive on it. I want to say DJ's from what I heard could be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure DJ's contract was a four year, four year contract where right. 125 mil play our events for the four years. Well, so, so DJ's got eight events a year on the live tour, 125 mil plus his, whatever he makes those weeks. It's like, who said, who's going to say no to that? Right? Who's going to say no to that? Especially when when you're DJ, he's you know he doesn't absolutely love the game. Like he's just freaking good at it. Right? Do you know where the money's coming from? Or I I guess that's like kind of like the that's the situation, right? Yeah, that's that's the tough uh, tough situation here. I would say I guess on my end, not something I would love to get into. Um, I guess everyone has their own opinions, but the more and more um, interviews I listen to, because I was listening to Brooks. Last night, I was listening to Bryson, uh, Matt Wolf, Abe Answer. When they get asked those questions, because the Lib's asking them that, they just say, we're here to play golf. This is going to provide us with a better opportunity going forward. And they're happy with it. So they're not here to discuss, I guess, where the money's coming from. They're hitting a white ball around a field, and they're going to get paid for it. Yeah. yeah. It's, in my opinion, too, I'm worried. it's not really their fault that the money's coming from where it's coming from. Is it, is it, that's, but that's what makes this whole live tour so polarizing, right? Is everybody is saying it's just, um, the Saudis trying to get clean, cleaner reputation around the world in terms of world trade and this and that, that is, that's a polarizing topic, but you know what? The guys that have gone over there, DJ doesn't seem to to care at all about what people think about him. Brooks Kepka really doesn't care what people think about him, right? Like Bryson DeChambeau, he was a guy that kind of surprised me, but he's kind of, uh, a loose cannon and does walks to his own beat anyways. But like, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's not, it's their job is to go out there and play golf and not worry about why they're, or where they're getting paid from. Exactly. And listening to Bryson yesterday, he's, um, 
he's completely investing or like making his community better. So he's going to build a junior golf foundation. He's going to make a brand new practice facility. So like, it's not like he's getting this money and treating Bryce into shampoo. He's trying to treat his community and everybody else that he can help out. Absolutely. All right. What's one name? Like, obviously like if Tiger went, PJ is almost in shambles. I'd assume like what's one name other than Tiger that if they left for the live tour, PGA goes into full panic mode. That's a great question. I would say that I would say the top three names for me right now would be would be Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Um, those two names right off the hop because they've been so uptight about uh, the Live Tour. The guys going over to the Live Tour. So those would be the two names that would surprise me the most. Um, and then another one would be Jordan Spieth. I'm a massive Spieth fan, so. I mean, I love watching him win PGA Tour events, right? So yep. it'd be like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to watch him on the lift. But those would be three guys that I'd be be surprised of. Um, but yeah, man, we'll we'll see. There's going to be a lot of names, I'm sure. Um, I can read you guys the list if you guys want that I that I received on that text thread. If if you want if you want to release your insider information, feel free, man. I will not stop you. The one name that I will add to that list that I think would go absolutely crazy is Colin Morikawa. I think he does move the needle quite a bit for the PGA, and he's taught, he spoke up against it, right? Like I just it, it, those yeah. names: Spieth, McIlroy, Thomas, Morikawa. If those four go, that's that's full panic mode for the PGA. Exactly, man. Exactly. So we'll see. I mean, those, those are the guys that bring in the most fans. Um, yep. And Bryson brings in fans. Brooks brings fans. DJ brings fans. So like, if more guys go. Where the fans gonna go? Yeah, exactly. Right, like you want to watch the best players in the world. So depending what tour they're on, that's where the people are gonna go. Yep, and it's and it's one of those things. Everyone just keeps going. Like the older heads will be like, "Oh, they don't have a TV deal. It's not on TV." I don't mind going on YouTube and fucking putting the live stream up on my TV. Right, I, it, that doesn't bother me as my generation, which I feel like our younger generation doesn't mind going to Twitch or YouTube or this like streaming platform to put it up on their TV because. Half of us don't own cable networks anyways, right? Like, uh, like, Exactly. I would say now it's like we got Instagram. We can go watch some clips. We got Twitter, right? So yep. there's different ways to watch them now, right? So like, and not many people want to go sit in front of the, uh, the TV and go watch golf for four or five hours unless it's a massive event, right? So if we just see clips here and there on the live tour, it's great. Yeah, I completely agree. If yeah, you want to rip off that list, go ahead, man. For sure. So a lot of these names are already on it. Yep. Some names aren't on it. Some surprising names. But uh, this could be completely false before I throw these out to you, boys. Is this, it, was this like tweeted out somewhere or, or, or is this like Bucks on Nux exclusive to the internet here? This is a screenshot of a text thread uh, that Zach Blair's in. Zach Blair, is the, uh, or Zach Blair sent it out and he's PJ to remember. Okay, so oh. this is Bucks on Nux exclusive, baby. And this came out, This came out. I want to say I had this list around a week ago, and a lot of these guys weren't committed a week or two ago. So we'll start off with DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Matt Wolf, Tony Finau. I don't think he's committed yet. Ooh, that's a massive name too. Ricky Fowler, yep. pretty much guaranteed he's going to go, I, I, I think. Um, Victor Hovland, Jason Day, Adam Scott, Justin Rose. Bubba Watson, Danny Willett, Barner, Brooks Kepka, which that was spot on. DJ, yep. 
Taylor Gooch, Swafford, Usta Hayes, and I think all these guys just committed. These yep. guys are list off. Uh, Westwood, Holter, Garcia, Brandon Grace, Mickelson, Kevin Nog, Martin Keimer, Charles Swartzel, and Graham McDowell. So wow. I guess those names there I, that I don't think are on it yet are, I want to say, is Bubba on there yet? Do you guys know? Nope. Bubba hasn't committed yet. Bubba, Justin Rose, Adam Scott. Um, it's like, why Why wouldn't those guys commit? They're, they're getting older, right? They, they all have families. Why not spend yeah. less, less time on the golf course and more time with your family and making more money? And, and especially for those guys too, like, I don't think the, I know that PGA has made it and they've tried to promote it. I don't think that champions tour is something that a lot of these guys really care to, to kind of go into. Like, it, I just don't think it is like Phil went down there at one point and just murdered the field by like seven strokes. It's like, I just think guys don't, I think if they still think they got a little bit of game left, why not go to the live tour? Exactly. And, uh, I guess one thing to, to kind of point out, which I think is huge if, if the PGA Tour ever did change one day, where there, I know they're probably in discussions that's changing stuff up, but Phil's, I guess Phil's main reason was the players need to be treated better on the PGA Tour. So Phil kind of started this whole thing of wanting to go over there, trying to get guys to go over there. Well, because he wants players to be treated a lot better up there, right? And that's what the Libs doing. Um, the Libs treating them with the respect that they want, with the benefits that they want. Um, but Phil's main, he's came out and said it. He, it's because he wants the PGA Tour to change. He wants everything to be better for the tour, the players, in the future. And already, since all these announcements have came out, um, I know the tours came out within the last week of changing some guidelines of prize money and, and what they're going to do for younger players coming up. Um, but it's already started. So, I mean, I think props to, to Phil for, for kind of initiating it, going over, um, because – he said his favorite tour in the world is the PGA Tour. It needs to be better, and and that's what he's trying to do. A hundred percent. Off an off the cuff question. I got one more, and then we'll let you plug your uh, plug your caddy link here. Do you? Th- I know what I think about it. I love the fact that the majors have said no. Everyone can come and play in our tournaments. Why would we weaken our field? What's your take on that? You think this like do you think Brooks and DJ and Phil shouldn't be allowed to play in the majors because they went over this tour? Or you think it should be open to everybody? I, I think it's ridiculous that the best players in the world cannot play in the majors. It makes yeah. it makes no sense. The viewers want to watch those guys win. Um, we don't want to watch guys win that we don't really know about because it's it's not as exciting, right? Like everyone's a fan of all these big guys that are hopping hopping ship over. Um, but yeah, I think it's ridiculous if if they weren't able to play the majors, I know that's a big discussion right now with world golf rankings and getting points for all of that, um, because that's still in discussion, but all these players have, have made their decision and they're going to play on the live and they, they expect to play in the majors because they know that all those majors want them to be playing in them. Yeah. Yeah. And the majors um, aren't, aren't even owned by the PGA, right? So the PGA does only has so much say, are, in the major championships, are you going to look at are you going to look at Dustin Johnson or Patrick Reed and say, "Hey guys, congrats on winning the Masters, full life exemption to playing in the Masters for the rest of your life." But hey, you made a decision as an independent contractor to go play on the Live Tour, so you can't come back here. I don't see that happening. We'll see, um, but I know I know watching the Masters won't be as exciting with DJ in the field, Brooks in the field, Bryson in the field. So 
100%. And did hearing about the live tour and knowing how many spots that popped open on the live tour and knowing how many guys jumped over, this make you, you know, dust off the clubs, get out to hitting from the tips and think about making a little bit of a comeback or what? Man, I don't, I don't think so. I, uh, I put the clubs away pretty much once I graduated back in 2019. So I put the clubs away and it was one of those decisions where, um, if, if the sport's not going to make me money, put it away, um, at the age or get a job, do this, do that. Right. Um, love the game still, still around it every day. Um, but yeah, live tour wouldn't, wouldn't make me, uh, bring the stakes back out because I sure as hell not making it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have one more. Um, and again, this is coming from like nothing more than a casual golf fan. If you had to make an all-star team from each from each tour, and let's say it's a ten-guy all-star team, and uh, and we're assuming that everyone that you just mentioned off that list has jumped ship to the live tour, who wins that? Who wins that battle? Uh, right now, off that list I just mentioned, if some some more names jump over. That is so close, but like you would, you would have to go, you would have to go live. I mean, are there more, I might be wrong, but are there more majors over there? Um, I'm not sure. I, like I said, might be wrong, but I think there's more majors over there. I know, I know Pat Perez said that um, in his press conference. Um, he said something about there being more majors. They were sitting at the table with, I think it was Pat Perez, um, Brooks, and someone else, and there was, or Patrick Reed. And there's there, that's five right there with three guys, excluding Pat Perez, because I don't believe he has one. No. All right, I, at least in my opinion, that seems like like once the PGA Tour can no longer win that that game when they both put up their elites, it seems like they've already lost to me. You know what I'm saying? From I don't know if it's like yeah for you guys, but no, for, it's like for sure, man, for sure. And I think that. Um, I mean, I love watching PGA Tour events. I mean, that, that's what you grew up dreaming to play on, right? So I see where this fight's coming from. Um, is it as exciting for, for myself to go watch a live event? Probably not, because it's not a tour event. Um, the PGA Tour has such a good name, um, so that's probably what what would hold me back. But I don't blame these guys for going over for, for many different reasons. Do you, right. do you think this is like a uh, a flash in the pan thing? Like Liv's going to be around for maybe a year, two years, run out of money, and then go out of business? Do you think this 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 is here for the long haul? I think I think Liv's going to be here for the next five at least. Now that being said, if the PGA Tour completely changes things, who knows? Some guys might come back, but the, like I said at the beginning of the pod, it's time with your family, time off. Um, golf is such a grind, like playing college golf, trying to play every day and balance everything. It's a battle out there. And if, if you're doing it for a living, not making money, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. It's, it's just such a battle mentally. So I think that if the PGA tour doesn't change and change quickly, that uh, more guys are going to jump and the lives going to stick around. Oh, dude. Sweet. 100%, 100%. Before we get you out of here, Plug Caddy Link for us. Plug whatever you wait, want. Wait, I'm, oh, hit, I'm, oh. I'm hitting the panic button. Yep. I want, I want to ask one totally unrelated question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes right here. You said you're, uh, I mean, you told us before, before the recording, so just for clarification, 
you live in uh, Chicago for a good chunk of the year, correct? Correct. Are, are, are you a Hawks fan? I am not a Hawks fan, man. I, uh, I'm a diehard Leafs fan. Let's go. Okay. Let's Dude, go. <laughs> would the Hawks come in second? Like, is living around there, like, kind of just like, do you have like a soft spot for them a little bit? I, I would say, yeah, the Hawks may come second, but it's, it's just like not even a close second. It's, I'm so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm of course, of course. I'm a Leafs fan that, uh, I, I don't enjoy watching hockey unless the Leafs are playing. Um, hey. It's it's insane how like my my heart pumps the first game of the year. Yeah, <laughs> like, it inspires me up to watch the Leafs. I don't know how I became such a massive fan. I know Dylan, you probably are too. Oh yeah, uh, dude. So yeah, like massively fan. But yeah, I am a, I am a fan of the Hawks. Sometimes all the boys here are fans of the Hawks, and I actually um, I caddy for Patrick Kane last season, so that was pretty cool, kind of picking his brain. But. Uh, but yeah, diehard Leafs fan. That will never change. Okay, sweet. Uh, uh, I was hoping. I mean, if you got like a bunch of boys that are that are Hawks fans, I want to know what's the general consensus on Calvin DeHaan. There is a wrong answer, by the way. I <laughs> haven't got into uh, any topics with the boys about that. It, it's weird. Um, they these fans, you know, they are they fans because they won three cups in the last however many years. I don't know. I mean, they're, I would say they're more Cubs fans than Hawks fans. Um, Chicago is a great city, right? Great sports fans. Um, but nothing like Leaf fans, I'll tell you that. Okay. So no, I want to know. Big, I'm a big Calvin DeHaan fan over here. We love him. I mean, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's got family relations in ways. So, God, so he's, 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 he's a friend. Friend of the show, even though he's never heard of it. But anyways, that's all I wanted to know. So yeah, plug a, yeah, we'd like to know more. Tell everyone about uh, Caddy Link. Like what, what, what is it all about and uh, where can people find it? Yeah, so in, in 2019, it's kind of when the idea came to mind. Uh, long story short, it's a caddy management system that stream, streamlines the process for the golf staff, hooks them up with caddies at their golf course um, to see who's available when they're available. Um, so I guess in the old days, caddies would show up at 6 a.m. waiting for, for loops. So when I say loops, they're just waiting to get on a bag and caddy. So they could be there from 6 till 12 and no one could come. They could get no, no loop or no, no job. So then they go home. So what caddy really does, it just it makes it easier for the golf staff online. They can see who's available for specific tee times and it automates messages to the caddies that they select. So it's something that protects the golf courses from having independent contractors on site, but it also makes the life easier for, for the caddies. Um, caddies are, are younger kids. They, they could be say 15, 15 years old, coming every day for work, making no money. Right. So I had to put a change to that and, and it, it's growing. So it started in 2019 and it's, it's coming to life. It's great. So it's uh it's a bright future ahead and pretty positive about it. Do you have partnerships with the courses or is it everyone just, it's kind of like an app type thing where everyone kind of joins? Yeah, so, so there was a couple, couple ideas in mind when developing this, but uh, really, I, so I provide a specific golf course with the application. So they use the application with their caddies and their caddies only, um, more so security reasons. Um, they want to know who's going to be on their property, stuff like that. Um, so, so I, my market's, bunch of golf courses contact the golf courses if they like the idea they're going to use it but only within their um their caddies at their golf course gotcha 
Yeah, that's hey. unreal, man. That's un- let- unbelievable that you were able to do that coming right out of college too. Let um, us know if you about uh, investment opportunities if they ever arise. A hundred percent. Before you get too big and the price gets too high, yeah. don't forget your boys here at Bucks on Nux because we're always looking for investment opportunities. I will be here all the time for you guys. Awesome. <laughs> we love it, man. We appreciate your time, Matt. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, we would love to have you on more and more as soon as there's a big story within the golf world. You know we'll be hitting you up. I'm sure the fans are going to love it. Matt, thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Super great interview with Matt Shalad. What a well-spoken kid, eh, DK? I mean, oh. he's older than me. I don't know why I'm calling him a kid. I'm pretty sure he's older than me. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably respect that. When you get to be 25, 26, you like being called a kid still. Um, yeah, but I think you went to I, high school with DK, right? Or not? Or sorry, with with Ty there. Fucking Ty's yeah. a boomer compared to me. Both. Yeah, of we're not all fuck. born in like 2012. Like fucking Stu J. <laughs> all right, buddy, that's about, yeah. <laughs> no, right. but the year no, the world that, ended, Stu J was born. That's what they were predicting there. The Mayans <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> no, Matt was a great interview. The guy was. I. You could tell. You know, there was a little bit of nerves there. But he. You would have thought that he was going. I said it right after he got off. You would have thought he was going through the car wash of interviews. Like he was to an R show and then nine other shows that day like his interview was so good so pure he wasn't like once it got going the guy was fucking beauty man i even ran him through a dumb segment called good idea dumb idea and this guy played along he was great with it i like matt i haven't spoken to matt in probably 15 years we played like triple a hockey together when i played on the top line with him and another kid uh i always thought i was you know great but then it turns out to be like i was just fucking getting hit on a line with him and laystrom so he was an yeah. absolute athlete that went on to be a d1 golfer that is now the bucks on nux insider i i hit him he comes from a great family i don't have anything better to say about match log great human being great to have him as part of bucks on nux as our golf insider yeah and he dropped yeah, some agree. bombs for us there eh Oh, dude, some legitimate Bucks on Nux exclusives like that list. I know what he, he was saying right off the hop. He's like, I got this list and it was like, I didn't want to push it, but it was like, hey, man, if you drop it here, like go right ahead, like drop <laughs> yeah. it for us. Like we'll clip it. We'll put it out there. We love to see it, man. That's why he's yeah. the insider. He's got that inside info. Yeah, Bucks yeah. on Nux with the exclusive info. And they, look at Bucks on Nux as well, like bringing people together. Like I haven't talked to DK in like 10 years and boom, we started a podcast. We're reconnected. Fucking haven't talked go. to Shalot in 15 years. Boom, guys now are a fucking golf insider. But yeah, we like got to get him back on at some point too. Part Every the time team. there's big news, big, we'll fucking get him back on. He, that was a great 100%, interview. But 100%. Anyways, I'm ready for hockey, Ty. What do you have lined up for us? All right, yeah, let's move on to some hockey then. And uh, how about those Colorado Avalanche being your 2022 Stanley Cup champions, boys? How are we feeling about that? I think we all predicted it, right? Like, I think we were all on Colorado no, in six dude. or Colorado were in we seven. All Tampa? Like, I, thought, I thought we I were all Tampa, Tampa. dude. I put we money we on Tampa, Tampa before the playoffs <laughs> began, yeah. We were all Tampa. I was definitely doubled down on Tampa because I said they were plus money to win the series, and how could you not take them? Mm. I think Colorado was the better team the whole time. I did see the laundry list of injuries that Tampa Bay released. Yeah. And maybe I want to take back something. Factor, I, but. I got to take back something I said last episode because I was watching, I think it was game three after last episode. And I was saying, like, how Perry, Maroon, and Paul and these guys, like, the, the grittiness of them was the difference maker in that game. And I was saying, like, that's what's going to be the difference maker in this series. But then watching game four and five and six, they were beat up, man. Like, I got to take that back. Colorado came out there. And the last three games there, they were the the tougher team. So uh, definitely was a bad call on my part for that. But uh, t- 
Tampa didn't uh, go down easy. You know, it was it was a great series. And uh, I couldn't believe Nachushkin's foot. Did you see that? It's like broken oh. in half. And he was yeah. playing through that all like playoffs there. Like it was, I saw the x-ray of it. It was snapped like clean in the middle. And the guy was playing like over 10 minutes of ice time a game. So that guy's an 10. absolute monster. He's almost doing 20, I think. Some yeah, nights. He was, like, he was, he was yeah. 18, yeah. He was, yeah. Okay, he was a well, monster in the playoffs. He was scoring and, goals too. Like he was, he was yeah. uh, the most impactful player in a couple of games there. Yeah, for sure. I think when we, I think next hockey season, we got to do a list of our fantasy sleepers and Nachushkin might top my list of guys yeah. to pick up really. Cause That's he had a, a great season this year. Of, yeah. Yeah. Now after that super, year, you would think Super so. low key. He's probably going to go earlier. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Exactly. I'd say top five rounds even like you might hit the fifth round. Maybe depending on like, like in a 12 team league or so, like in our yeah. league tie, it's about 12 yeah. teams, 12, 13 teams, 14, maybe. And I'd say he might go, he might go early, like five or earlier. Yeah, I wonder where the experts will put them. Like, where they have that uh, projected kind of pick rank they give them on the on the app, like the Yahoo Sports or whatever. We're yeah. Using. So I wonder what they have them at, and I wonder if he'll actually go earlier than you know maybe you should. Like, it could be a sleeper pick, or it could be you know maybe he had a great run, and maybe next year he won't be as as uh, you know great as he was. We'll see. Well, but uh, and he's a free agent too, so it it it's, it depends on where he signs, right? Like, if he's back in Colorado, I think. He signs, I think yeah. If he's back, but he like with the way he played, he's probably going to get paid. And yeah. I don't know how much cap uh, Colorado is really going to have to sign him. Yeah. But but if he goes to another good situation, say uh, Nick Backstrom, who's had who's having this crazy big like hip surgery, if their cap room opens up, they may go after a Nichushkin. They may go after a Kadri, someone like that, because they'll have cap Pittsburgh. If he gets into a situation like that, look like imagine Pittsburgh loses Malkin or Latang, and they replace it. Like say they lose Malkin. And they replace it with Nachushkin. That's not that bad. Like I would still be drafting them top five rounds for sure. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I but think another, it, it will depend. Another guy I got a shout out that was fighting through injuries. Nazem Kadri. I fucking love yeah. this guy as a Leaf. It's so it's 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 sad to watch him win a cup and do everything that a lot of Leaf fans knew that he could do. Like this guy's just a gritty fucking guy. He's out there with one hand sniping the LT winner. Was it was it too many men? Maybe, but I don't give a fuck. It's Nazem Kadri. I, lo- I love this guy. I love Kadri. It was good to see him win a cup. It was good to see him kind of take a shot at the yeah. uh, Leafs brass to say, like, anybody who thinks I'm a liability, what now? Yeah, it's more it's- than just Leafs fans, honestly. What an interview from the guy, though, except unfortunate for Elliot Friedman because his bald spot got clipped all over social yeah. media after that now. But, but yeah. yeah. I mean, he was he- rocking that fucking beard the other year. He could just shave that off and stick it on the top of that bald spot. He'd be <laughs> fine there. <laughs> That was quite the beauty Friedman had there. I wonder if that ever comes back. You remember How about that? Kale McCarr, though, boys? Oh, shit. Oh. I cut you off. I cut you off. I thought you were yeah. done talking. Yeah. I was but, just yeah. saying oh, how greasy God. Friedman's beard was, but uh, Kale McCarr is a goddamn yeah. uh, machine out there. Man. 22 well, years well, old. Hey, this is a perfect segue Crazy. because, hey, Elliot Friedman, a guy that had a caveman beard fucking a year or two ago, and we're going to go to Kale McCarr, a guy that can't grow a playoff beard because <laughs> his life depended on it. All right? So it was perfect. <laughs> I, I thought he's it like up, fucking even though I completely almost almost you. as young as Stewie J there. So fucking yeah, really, that's true. <laughs> what do you expect, right? If I went to the NHL this year, I played in the NHL this year, and I was a sensitive guy in my team. I'm a goalie, right? So let's say I'm a net for a team that just needs a win to go to the playoffs in the final game of the season. I might throw the game just for the fact that I don't want my playoff beard getting chirped. <laughs> Wow. Take it deep. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, I cannot. Uh, yeah, I have some facial hair fucking struggles. 
So that I mean, it's when good you're born because in I don't 2012, get... you know, fucking right, right. <laughs> the way she goes. Well, fucking, I'm a boomer over here. I got to fucking throw some back, you know. But uh, <laughs> one one more thing, actually, on this series that I, I want to mention is uh, where the fuck's Corey Berry going now? Is he going to Colorado next year or what the hell? That's three in a row he's lost, eh? Like, I wonder what happens with him. I was going to say I feel bad for the guy, but at the same the same time, it's Corey Perry. I don't feel bad for Corey <laughs> Perry at all. Fuck that guy. I'm just kidding. He's a warrior. I like Corey Perry. I like Corey Perry, but like he's been a he's a guy that's been like a dirty player that's always just rattled me my whole life. He's one of those guys, the perfect definition for Corey Perry is you fucking hate to play against him. You'd love to play with him. Like if he right. was on if he was on your team, yeah. like you would love Corey Perry. But as soon as he's on another team, you he's the worst guy. He's the worst guy in the league. Like you hate him. He does all this yeah. snake shit. That's why Tampa wanted him, right? I can see him like last year. I can see <laughs> They're in, uh, sorry. No, 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 go, no, no. Cutting you off there. We're all over okay. the place today, boys. I'm just saying, last, shit. last year, they're in the, last year, they're in the shaking, uh, the hands there in the lineup at the Stanley Cup final. And fucking, uh, I think Cooper said something to Perry there. There was like shots of them talking and he, people were predicting, like, oh, I wonder if he goes and plays there next year or something to go for a cup. Is that tampering? Uh, he ended up doing it, but technically, I don't know. I mean, fucking. <laughs> I just um, he screwed himself over though like fucking the, the perry curse came with him so they fucking didn't get the w there's a guy i can see for perry i don't say this often because I, I feel like i mean i did the matthews 82 and 82 take but i feel like we're more rational leaf fans on this podcast there's a guy i can see the leafs trying to go after like a year for a 1.5 mil or something like that to get him on to replace the spezza of the lineup or the Wayne Simmons of the lineup. I could see them kind of taking a real stab at Corey Perry. And from him being from Peterborough, I could see him possibly doing it. But if you're looking at the team, the teams in the NHL, like I think there it's, it's almost just as likely for the Stanley cup final to be Colorado versus Tampa next year, as it is for the Leafs to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think that, I think if you were to bet tomorrow and you wanted to pick who was winning the East and who was winning the West, you'd pick Colorado and Tampa probably for next season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. I wonder like if, uh, as long as Colorado doesn't slam too many beers and get too fat over the summer party in <laughs> here, like I could see them doing a back to back. So that seems to be the trend. Now you've got Pittsburgh winning back to back. You've got Tampa winning back to back. I could see Colorado doing it too. Yeah. Fucking uh, Chicago won a few in a row. Like that seems to be the way it goes these days. These, these great teams, they're great for a few years, not just one and done. Yep. DK. But uh, I guess we'll find out. Did you say you're a rational Leafs fan? I sh- yeah, I said I think we're more rational Leafs fans on this pod. <laughs> I, just, I-, I was just going to say, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm just going to say TikTok wouldn't agree. Oh, dude. So <laughs> yeah. All of social media wouldn't agree, whether it's Instagram, TikTok. I think I've gotten like 250 comments on that Matthews take and people making videos of it being like, oh, this guy's an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. I saw oh, that, that one. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like did. I don't know what you call that when you take Stitch, someone else's TikTok Stitch. and feature. Yeah. G- guy yeah, couldn't even guy open his fucking eyes to make theater. the video. The stupidest <laughs> sound and laugh right at the start. <laughs> this guy's a fucking idiot. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> make a face. And then I'm commenting back on it. He's chirping me. I'm commenting back on it and he's deleting my comments. I was like, this guy's not only did this guy just make a video chirp me, he's soft as fuck, dude. Like he's soft. I hate that guy. I wonder when he hopped on the uh, the Avs bandwagon too. There, like his, yesterday, his name tag yeah. was like biggest Avs fan in the world, or whatever it was. Like, go Avs, go or whatever. The fuck. After Avs game two, I was just like, you definitely made that. After game like, two the of the day, finals, dude. eh? Seven yeah. nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, not sure. yeah, and he's like, oh, now I can talk <laughs> shit because I'm a Colorado fan. I'm gonna fucking Yo, you know this what's funny? Fans video and make fun of him. You know what's funny though is that he. Uh, 
every when, when DK made his video, everyone in the comments is fucking chirping DK, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm saying the ones that agree with the take just like and they don't comment, right? It's the ones that disagree that comments because yeah. on his on the Avaholic yeah. guys video that stitched DK's calling DK an idiot, it was Lee's fan going in there saying, uh, there's two of them. It probably yeah. would have been more if he didn't make such a shit video. But yeah. I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, fucking no, two Leafs fans. Dude. Only comments video. on the video were two Leafs fans. Not, not DKs with the other. Yeah, guys. only comments on the video were two Leafs fans saying, "Well, he said if anyone w- was gonna do it, it would be Matthews." He didn't say he's gonna. He said if anyone was gonna do it, it's Matthews, and that's true. And then the other guy yeah. said some shit similar. So, two yeah. defenders. Yeah, two defenders. It's, so it's that one guy of those didn't get the reaction he was looking for on his video. No, dude, that that guy's that guy's a fucking joke. Like I said, if you're going to make a video tripping someone, you better let him comment on the fucking post. Because I commented multiple things. I said, this guy fucking sucks. He deleted it. And then I went back again and commented something else, and he deleted it too. But it's like, you know what, man? If you're going to step into the fucking arena, get ready to take some blows, baby, because I'm coming back (laughs) at you. (laughs) If you you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. I can only take so much Leafs talk before I got to bring up the sense though. And I, I, do, I do have to mention that Alfie is going to the Hockey Hall of Fame and Sense fans have been pushing for this for years. There was even like a Twitter account dedicated to it this year. There was a whole like, uh, what do you call that on a uh, trend or whatever the fuck, a, a whole movement. That's the word I'm looking for on Twitter where people were doing the hashtag Alfie to the hall. And this year he finally goes in and I'm so happy for this guy, man. Ultimate leader, like he, did everything for the Ottawa Senators when he was there and the community, like on the ice, off the ice, and just the ultimate leader. I have to get that in there. I think the Sedins are going into, yep. and I just had to had to mention and it. Lou. But um, yeah, Lou as well. What a great group of uh, fucking, uh, what a great uh, class or whatever you call that. All deserving. But I, I want to bring up too, uh, Matt Cassian, who was just an absolute goon in the NHL when he played. He was on the Sens for a couple of years. I saw a tweet he put out, and it said, if Daniel Alfredson told me to stab a guy with my skate, I probably would have done it without asking why. 100% HOF material, and I totally agree. And that's how the players played around Alfie. He was such a great leader, led by example, and if he fucking needed his players to do something, they went out and did it because they had the ultimate respect for him, just like every Sense fan out there. And uh, pretty much anyone that watched Alfie play in his, in his glory days, you know, they can respect what he did out there. Yeah. But all of those guys, all of those guys deserve a speech too. They were all, they're all deserving fucking, um, the Sedins were just fucking, I mean, and Luongo, they were all teammates for for a long stretch there, but the Sedins were dominant for a few years and they like watching them play was like nothing else because they just had a connection that nobody else had. And then of course, Alfie, you already fucking hit the nail on the head and then Lou Mm -hmm. for, he was Cap, only goalie captain was Lou. Yeah. Right? Wasn't he? Yeah. Captain yeah. Of captain. That was he, such, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't wear the C on his Jersey, right? They Not put it on his goalie, mask yeah. and on his chin. That Through his cool. entire career, he was always one of the best goalies in the league. So it was good to see fucking, yeah. it was good to see those guests going. I don't want to spend too long in the on the Olympics it. too. Yeah. 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 I won't uh, drag it on, but even the Olympics yeah. too, Bobby. I wish Lou I could talk like, more, but I got Lou, those reservations. Boys. I got those reservations. The only thing I <laughs> yeah, will say yeah. right. is I don't like the Sedins going in as a, as a, as a duo. I think Henrik deserved it. I don't think Daniel deserves it as much. I think they just do everything in tandem. Albertson is the most deserving guy on that list by far. I think Henrik deserved a shot to the hall as a first ballot. I don't think Daniel was a first ballot hall of famer. Daniel's running on our that. Ro- 
I know, but I think like and if he, I'm should, reading he off, could have won the heart too. I think he's a heart candidate the year after Henrik was or something. I don't something like that. But they both had a thousand points, right? Yeah, but his what does starting first in first ballot mean? Like they got in the first try, the first time first, they're nominated. Yeah, first try. I think you're yeah, on the no, ballot for been, five he's years. He's been snubbed. He's been snubbed for like yeah, fucking three or four years. I'm pretty sure. I think no, uh, Alfie. Oh yeah, he oh was Alfie was snubbed yeah. a bunch of years. I'm pretty but yeah, the yeah. like Daniel Sedin was 67 points in 72 games, 40 points in 47, 47 in 73, 76 in 82, 61 in 82, 44 in 82, 55 in 82. That was from 2012 to 2018. It's just it's not a in my mind. I I understand they went through a even. Like even before that, 34, 32, 31, 54, 71, 84. He only eclipsed 85 points one time and he had 104. I, I just I I get what they're saying by like they have to go in together. I just don't think that, that Daniel Sedin was really this dominant force in the NHL that had to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? I get yeah, that's a fair point to make. I guess the way they see it though is that Henrik doesn't do what he does without Daniel. Without right? Daniel. That's and that's completely fair. That's completely yeah. fair. Anyways, yeah, I think it, it made sense to put them in together, but I agree that uh, Daniel did not, uh, you know, put up the same kind of numbers that Henrik was. I remember when they were still playing, it was always like, you know, Henrik was the better of the brothers. I remember yeah. talking to my buddies and oh, saying yeah. that all the time. It was time. Daniel early in the career, though. I think Daniel was drafted higher. He had like the bigger. Yeah, he ceiling. was. He was drafted second, so, and Henrik was and third. Shit. But uh, yeah, I just, I just, that's the only thing I have about the Hall of Fame. Sorry for cutting you off there, Ty. Oh, no worries, man. I was just really going to move on to the next thing anyways, because I know Stu's uh, kind of tight on time here. So how about we do yeah, that? Yeah, we're going to have to speed around this shit, speed bag yep. the fuck right. out of this episode, boys. Let's do it. We're going to move on to UFC now, and I'll say the same thing I said last week, and that is that I hope you listen to the previous week's episode on of Bucks on Nux before uh, the card actually happened, like before the fights happened, because we nailed the picks that we had there the past Saturday. And uh, or as DK might say, we're... Uh, Firing picks out like we're shooting fireworks out of our ass for Canada Day, as I saw in a video there earlier, DK. <laughs> but uh, that entire card, I think we were a ten and two on picks, and then on the main card, we were undefeated, six and zero. So absolutely crushed it, and I'm fired up to do it again this Saturday. And uh, what do you guys think? Uh, should we do it again or what? Absolutely, let's run it right back. Let's get into the picks and let's hammer some. Dogs that massive we always have. card, too. Yep, massive card. Yeah, yeah card. it's huge. All right, so we'll move on to this Saturday, and I've got a few more picks you might want to uh, you might might want to stick to these for the upcoming UFC uh, card here, and um, I think I'm going to have to flip a coin for one of them, though, and that is the uh, Volkanovski versus Holloway. I want to get your guys' opinions on that fight before I move on to my uh, picks that I'm already kind of locked in here. Who do you think is going to win that one, Volkanovski or Holloway? I'm a big Holloway guy, but he's gotten shafted a few times by... Or at least once by, by uh, the judges. Twice? Yeah. I, this is the third time these guys have fought. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he won both the first two. Like in my, and especially the first one. I thought fucking Holloway won like yeah. four to yeah. one in the first one. And, and, he, and he lost. It didn't make any sense to me. I got Holloway in that one too. But I completely agree with you. It's a coin flip. They fought twice. It's been split decision both times. I, I got Holloway in that one. Stu, you got any pick for that? Oh, I, I I was already saying Holloway because oh, I bet Holloway okay. for around like the first fight. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm really. I might flip a coin for that one, man. Like the tear that Volkanovski's been on, he's fucking destroying everyone. But then the last two fights, I agree with DK. Like you could have said that Holloway won those, especially the first one. But uh, you know, I wonder if this time around it goes uh, 
Volkanovsky looks like he's winning and then he ends up losing or something like that. Or maybe <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the UFC wants out of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like fucking Volkanovsky's talking about moving up a weight class because he dominates everyone in the weight class he's in. But if he all of a sudden loses, then he's going to be hungry for that belt back. So it's going to be real interesting. I don't know if I'll throw that one in a parlay because I'm definitely going to have to flip a coin for it. But for the other picks on the card that I'm kind of uh, locked in already is um, Ian Gary to get the W. He's that Irish kid. I think he's 9-0-0 in his uh, MMA pro career. And uh, he's a machine. I don't know about his grappling, but he is an absolute wicked striker with insane speed. And I think he's going to get the W. Also, I'm going with Cowboy. Cowboy. Going with Sean O'Malley. And going with Israel, Edesanya, all the win. And I might even throw those ones in a parlay. Maybe I'll leave the Cowboy out because he's uh, getting up there. And uh, I'm unsure when he fights what's going to happen because he hasn't won a fight in years. But uh, those are my picks. Um, so safe bet. Safe bet you're saying Adesanya, Volkanovski. For your, for your, no, like I didn't say Volkanovski. That's a coin flip. I say Ian Gary, okay, so- Sean O'Malley, and Adesanya. Those are the ones I'm probably going to whip together in a parlay. But Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, Cannoneer, though, man, that guy's got some power. So it's yep. going to be interesting, that, that main event. Sean O'Malley's got a fucking soft ankle. That'll be interesting. Cowboy's old. And then Gary, I think Gary's uh, he's got a tough opponent, but I think he gets the W. I think he's the future of uh ufc fucking shit talkers and that he's kind of reminds me of a young mcgregor but not quite on the same level but uh dk did you have any picks there yeah i got a few actually so i'll I'll rip these off quick in the early prelims a one that you want to take a look at uriah hall to win by finish i understand this guy's getting up there he doesn't necessarily show it all the time but from time to time especially on big pay-per-view cards if you look back at highlights uriah hall shows up he shows up and he usually gets oh, an impressive yeah. knockout. That's one that I would look at. That's going to be a big oh, plus wasn't money. Wasn't his last fight when uh, Weidman snapped his leg, though? Wasn't that? Uh, it might have been that fuck. one, actually. Yeah. That was so greasy, bro. That was yeah, the worst injury I've seen. I can see it. Yeah. I watched it too um, many times, too. Like My buddy was over. He just kept fucking playing it over. Sorry, I'm interrupting <laughs> your rapid no, no, fire, though. I'm making it fucking no. slow. You go ahead. You're good. I got Done to, jammed. I'm with yeah. you on Ian Gary. I'm with you on Ian Gary, 100%. Think he's going to get the win. Think it's another guy to look for to get the finish. He talks shit. He hits hard. Love Ian Gary. Uh, Cerrone Miller, I'm not going to touch. Riddell Turner, I'm not going to touch. Sean O'Malley, another guy that you could look to go in there and win by finish. I know a lot of people don't like what he does. They don't like the hair. They don't like the style. They don't like all the (laughs) weed shit. I love Sean O'Malley. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's very skilled. I think his timing and the things that he does in the octagon are stuff that you just can't really train for. Like, you can't have a training partner that does the same shit as Sean O'Malley. So he catches guys off guard. Guy to get a finish right there. Um, <laughs> I kind of like Brian Barbarina over Robbie Lawler. I don't know why. I just yeah. haven't been impressed the last, like, six fights I've watched of Robbie Lawler. Ever since he made no, that I mean, big comeback, I haven't really liked Robbie Lawler. Brian Barbarina's one I like. Sean Strickland I really like against Alex Pereira. Sean Strickland's a seasoned vet. That's very, very good. That's going to be great. Do you guys like talk shit while he's fighting? I can't wait to see that. I'd love to see him fight the uh, Kevin Hall in there. They both just talk so much shit. Like, fuck, that'd be amazing. That would be great. I, and then I also like Max and I also like Adesanya. So there's a bunch of picks for me. I usually only go two or three. There's like six or seven yeah. picks for me on the card. I like a lot of those guys and I like a lot of those guys by finish. I think this card's going to have a lot of fireworks, boys. Yeah, I think the picks you mentioned that I didn't mention, I might lean towards those on my uh, overall picks and I'll be posting those out on the Instagram uh, story. So any picks we didn't mention for Saturday, those are going to be up on the uh, 
the IG page. So keep an eye out for those. And um, let's move on to our next topic now. And uh, it's our last topic. I actually forgot to mention it right at the intro there, but I know DK, you had some thoughts on the Raptors pick this year. Uh, why don't uh, you let us know about that? I really liked it. It's a guy, Chris Coloco. Uh, I would say that the media is 75-25 on really loving this kid, thinking that it's another big Raptor steal, thinking that this guy's very good defensively. He's going to be an all-defensive player for a long time. He's seven foot one. That's the big thing. The Raptors didn't have any seven-footers on their team last year. Um, I really like this pick, man. Same hometown as Pascal Siakam. Masai always seems to be able to find, you know, diamonds in the rough, as they say. He looks great defensively. He's an alley-oop threat. He's probably got to gain some pounds because he looks very, very fragile out there, especially if you're going up against guys like Rudy Gobert, even Jonas Valanciunas is thick as fuck, Zion, any of those guys. I really like this pick of Chris Coloco. And then they signed a couple really good undrafted free agents. I'll let you touch on Coloco and stuff. But like the Ron Harper Jr., they signed a, a, a point guard, a guard, at, I want to say it's Alex Barcena or something like that. He shot like almost 50% from three in college last year. He's unbelievable. I like their what they've done in the draft and through their undrafted free agents and stuff like that. Um, what did you think about it, Stewie? Um, just on the Coloco pick, I think he, he, he was a great pick. I know Nick Nurse, was it Nick Nurse and... Um, who's the other guy? Bobby Webster. Yep. They said he had him in like the 20 to 25 range. So, I mean, if you get him there, I guess, I mean, but it, it, that happens anywhere, right? If you have the 20 overall pick, then you'll, you, you can find somebody that you thought was in the 15 range. Right. Yeah. But, um, I, I do like Coloco. Everyone's got knocks though, like every prospect. So like the, his, I guess his knock is that he's like super raw. Like, yeah, you, I know you mentioned that yesterday, uh, TK, but still needs to fill out a little bit, put on some pounds. Um, he's not deathly skinny like a Chet Holmgren or something, yes, or a, true, or a or like a bull bull or something, right? But yep. he, he's like thick enough to. He, he looks like a strong kid, but he's not. If he's going against big NBA centers, it might be trouble in the post. And he's also a bit of like a one dimensional scorer. He needs a lane to the like a path to the basket. So he's he's like a valuable pick and roll guy. And I mean, if he's got space for a dunk or space around the rim, he can he can I guess produce on the offensive side. But the good thing about seven footers is even though you're like a raw prospect, as long as you're athletic and you can block shots, you can still put in valuable minutes right away. So I like the pick because that's uh, like size is something we're missing, right? Uh, Like top end size is what I mean. I know we got size throughout our like backcourt and uh, small forward positions, like the one through three, we usually are on the bigger side. Yep, but then we don't really have a true center, I guess. So this is a it's a good pick. I like it. He's yeah, bigger he's, than Boucher. I'd, I'd say he's bigger than yep. Boucher already. And Boucher's kind of guy that steps in. Yeah, for, Boucher's probably the biggest guy on the team in terms of like length and and rebounding and whatnot. And I yeah, think I mean no, is, I mean like a thickness though. He's even thicker already than Boucher. Oh yeah, you agree? Boucher's a fucking twig. Yeah, Boucher's and that's an the, absolute twig out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not saying Coloco's big. I'm saying he still needs to put on yep. pounds, but he like he seems more of a natural center. Ben Boucher. That's all I have to say. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that. But the thing that I loved about it the most is like Stewie's saying, he's seven foot one. We don't fucking have any of those guys. And he's 22 years old already. So this guy actually has more of a chance than he may play a bigger role in season one than Chet Holmgren. There's a fucking hot take for you. Chris Coloco may have more of an impact on his team in season one than Chet Holmgren. We love the hot takes on Box on Knox. Let's go. DK with another spicy one for you right there. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Um, any final thoughts, lads, before we get out of here? I know we're a little tight on time today, so any last uh, thoughts here? 
Yeah, sorry. My final thought, though, I wanted to mention in hockey, but we kind of, I, I started fucking rushing people. I'm sorry for rushing to the listeners, especially, but fucking, we, like, this is a hard podcast to get in this week because everybody, I know Ty is super busy at the station, Nelly Lake there, and then uh, DK is obviously busy with work, and then he's got his uh, bachelor party to go to uh, tomorrow. So he's got to almost, you, you already packed. I assume you got to get buzzing right away tomorrow, right? So yeah, I was, I was running around packing, cleaning right before this pod. We did the interview yesterday. We tried to make it so that, you know, we were one of the only podcasts releasing from Canada on Canada today. We fucking grind here at Bucks on Nox. Yeah, let's go. And then, yeah. So then, then of course, when I'm fucking not busy, fucking, or once I'm, this is like the, my busiest day so far this week. And this is the only time we get it in and said, oh, I, I can make time. Anyways, the only thing I wanted to mention was the uh, Memorial Cup. Congratulations to the St. John Sea Dogs for uh, winning the Memorial Cup. But obviously, every time, anytime a host team wins every year, it's the same controversy. And I want to know real quick your guys' thoughts on whether they should change the format a little bit because, you know, the Sea Dogs, they got bounced in the first round of their own playoffs in the, in the QMJHL there. And now they come in all rested. What, like a month rested compared yep. to the guys that are just bat- they're battling through injuries. They have played fucking, they've been playing for a whole month and the Sea Dogs come in rested, prepped. They know they're going to the Memorial Cup. The coach has been prepping. They've been practicing. They know what it takes, right? They, like, they have a game plan going in on how to screw these guys over that are fucking all gassed out. So, so that, well, that's the, yeah, that's the argument, yeah. right? It's all, it happens yeah. more than it should, right? Because yeah. considering there's like some dominant teams, all three of those teams, the Oil Kings, the Oil Kings had an incredible season. The Bulldogs had an incredible season. Unbelievable. And then Saint, it didn't make Saint for like, it didn't make sense for St. John to beat them, but um, that's just how it works sometimes in the format of the Memorial Cup. So how do you guys like that? I, I hate the it. Format. It's like a, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I absolutely hate that the host team gets an automatic berth. Like, honestly, the host, it's the Memorial Cup. There's not, it's not like there's fucking 24,000 fans watching each game in the arena. Whoever is the top team coming out of all, everybody's playoffs, make them the fucking host city. Because there's yeah. no reason why a team who got beat in the first round of their own playoffs in the QMJHL deserves a berth and like you say not only deserves a berth but then deserves an advantage on having getting rested up being able to practice being able to prep being able to watch the games watch films see who you got to shut down and not have to go through anything with your body i absolutely hate that they get the automatic berth and i feel like it needs to be changed yeah i agree 100 percent, 100 percent, man um, that's all i had all i really have as for final thoughts is happy canada day to all the right. canadians out there or anyone who Loves Canada the way we do. And, uh, you know, have a nice cold one today or you don't drink whatever you're doing. Just enjoy the day. Get the barbecue going, whatever the fuck. Have a great Canada day. Canada day special, baby. Drink something, smoke something. And then if you're from America, I'm sorry that you're from America. It's a walking fucking nightmare in that place. July 4th (laughs) coming up at the end of this weekend. Happy fucking July 4th, whatever it is. Happy American Day. Celebrate how big of scumbags your fucking house of <laughs> Buy one of those Jays hats. The, buy one of the Jays <laughs> hats with the fucking American flag on it there. Yeah. 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 All right. So what? We out of here then? We're out of I here, think baby. we are. Let's hear it, Ty. All yeah, right. That's a wrap off, for... Uh, all right. That's a wrap for episode 12 of Bucks on Knox. And thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And also keep an eye out for our gambling picks on those social media pages. And drop a five-star review down for the podcast if you enjoy it. And check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. 
And if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, be good at it. <laughs>